Hello and welcome to Maintain the Flame with Keith Collins, the program where we anticipate an experience with the Lord on each and every episode. Thank you so much for listening today, and my prayer is that you will be strengthened, encouraged, and challenged in your daily walk with the Lord as you listen. The primary purpose for this program is to be a source of inspirational truth that will not only awaken a deeper hunger within you for more of God, but also a source of encouragement when it comes to maintaining a deep passion for the Lord. Leviticus 6.12 says, The fire on the altar must be kept burning. It must not go out. This Old Testament verse spoke into the sacrificial burnt offering practices of the temple, and it reflects the fact that we as the bride of Christ are now the temple of the Holy Spirit. Therefore, we have a responsibility to steward our walk with God and to maintain His flame that He has ignited in our hearts. I am your host, Keith Collins, and I invite you to join me now as we explore biblical truths that help us to maintain the flame of God upon the altar of our hearts. Hello and welcome to Maintain the Flame today. I'm Keith Collins, your host, and I'm blessed to know that you are listening today. I trust and pray that this episode, this program will encourage you, that it will challenge you, that it will stir you to go deeper into your walk with the Lord. And you know, each and every week we come to you, sometimes I'll have a message that I'll I'll play maybe from somewhere that I have preached recently or from time to time we do interviews and hope to do more of those in the coming future. But oftentimes I come to you just really to share things that are on my heart, share things that maybe I am studying in the Word of God or maybe things that have stirred me in recent past. And, you know, it's just an honor to know that that we're able to do this. And this is, um, you know, just really a blessing to our ministry and to our lives to know that we can impact so many people through a means of this broadcast, this program. So I pray that you are touched today. I pray again that you're stirred, that you're challenged, and really more than anything, that you're edified in your walk with the Lord. You know, we we call this Maintain the Flame. That's the name of this program. The reason is because, you know, we are to steward our walk with God. We're to maintain a hunger for the Lord. And we use a scripture in Leviticus that talks about the priest never letting the fire go out upon the altar. We see that pattern in the Old Testament. And we also really, I believe, see that pattern in the New Testament that we receive the fire of God. We receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit. But then we have to walk out our salvation. We have to deliberately spend time with the Lord. We have to be a people of prayer. We have to be a people that are connected to the body of Christ, the people that are in the Word of God. So so we have a part to play. We know that salvation is a gift. It's the most amazing gift that's ever been given, that we can have eternal life forever in the presence of our King, our Lord, and our Savior. However, we also know that we have to walk out our salvation and that while we are in these bodies, Charles Spurgeon said that we are landlocked in these bodies, and there's truth to that, of course. While we're in these bodies, we have a role to play. We are to to add things to our lives through prayer, through spending time with the Lord, through spending time with His people, through reading the Word, listening to the Word, fellowshipping one another. So so let me just encourage you to, to listen today. I believe I have some things I want to share that are important that maybe are not as um, commonly heard as they would have been maybe you know, 15, 20, 30, 40 years ago, but, but I believe 
They're vitally important, and I want to share those with you here in just a few minutes. Before I do that, I just want to take just a couple of minutes here, maybe two or three minutes, and um, give a little update on our personal family. Some of you know, some of you don't know, but some of you probably know that our grandson, Jude Peters, he's our oldest grandson. He'll be 10 in a few weeks. And um, he's been dealing with some major medical challenges and has actually been in the hospital about 34, 35 days as of today. And um, some of you know that he has some extreme difficulties. He's um, got a form of dwarfism that's very rare. It's called rhizomelic chondrodysplasia punctata. And um, he has a lot of complexities. He's 10 years old almost and only weighs about 18, 20 pounds. So very small little guy. And he's really a miracle. Um, he was not expected to live, and the Lord has sustained his life and really used him to touch so many people. But he's had a rough go here the last month or a little over a month and has been dealing with kidney stones, and they had to do um, surgery. They've done three different surgeries on him trying to extract the kidney stones. One of them was blocking where the kidney goes down into the bladder and was causing an infection initially about a month ago. So they had to go in and put a stent in. And then they went back and put a stent in both kidneys. Then they went back in to um, clean that out. And they were able to get one kidney clean, but the other one um, weren't able to do it just because one of the stones had lodged in a certain way. And there were, there were other stones in there. Thankfully, they went in and cleaned that out. And he's got another stent they've got to remove now here in about a week or so. And as of last night, he's battling with a virus. So anyhow, I just say all that to say, first of all, thank you for those that do know about this and have prayed. We have felt the power of your prayer and your love. Thank you, thank you, thank you. And also, just to encourage you and to ask you, if you would, please continue to pray for Jude. Also for my daughter, Hannah, and um her husband, Sully, as they are walking through this battle. They've literally been at the hospital every day for 34, 35 days, and um, it's been pretty grueling. I, I will tell you that the grace of God has been very real, and it has sustained them, has sustained our family. And again, please keep Jude in prayer. And again, we so, so appreciate that. Well, that's a little personal update, a little personal um, information there. Let me let me encourage you to visit our website. Sometimes I forget to say this, but we are at keithcollins.net is one website. We're also at impactgf.org. So keithcollins.net, impactgf.org. On those sites, you can look at our itinerary. You can see where we are at. Um, you can also just kind of read a little bit about us. There's articles on there. Um, you know, you can access us. Also, we have a YouTube channel. You can access our Keith Collins YouTube channel. Different ways you can access our materials. We do have some e-courses that we have completed and are in the process of uploading those to our website. So that will be available soon as well. But, um, you know, you're able to support us. You know, we... We, we really operate by faith, and um, we're involved in many, many different things around the world as well as throughout America, and I um, just encourage you just to pray. Um, you know, it does take resources to do what we do. We've got some international trips coming up this year to um, the Philippines, um, going back into Sicily and Italy, and, um, you know, some other areas that we'll be going into, and, you know, sometimes... 
you know, it's challenging because of the, the cost and we like to be a blessing when we go. So again, if you'd like to stand with us in that area or the other things that we're doing, we are writing our fourth book right now. We're also in the process of constructing a ministry facility in Moravian Falls, North Carolina. And, um, you know, we're needing you know, a good amount of income, but we're stepping out in faith and we finished phase one. We're getting ready to execute phase two. But if you want to stand with us in any of these important projects that are really having, um, I'm not just saying this to sound super spiritual, but they're having eternal impact around the world, then then please visit our websites. Again, keithcollins.net, impactgf.org. Thank you so much. Well, listen, let me jump into um, the subject or the theme that I want to talk about today. And I told you a few minutes ago that sometimes this is not the most popular theme to really discuss anymore, especially in much of the modern church culture, especially in the West. Um, but it, it's very important, and and oftentimes whenever you talk about a subject like this, people think um, of maybe another time period, and they equate you with a certain um, mindset or a certain um, philosophy or ideology, but but I'm going to talk to you about holiness, um, biblical holiness, and I'm I'm going to call this um, the joy of holiness because I want to tell you when holiness is really understood, when it's embraced, and when it's walked out, there is eternal joy that is supernatural and abundant and glorious on so many levels. However, oftentimes when I use a word like holiness, people think of, um, you know, a list of what you cannot do primarily. And and it's it's kind of a mindset that, that oftentimes causes people to resist true biblical holiness. But I want to tell you that you really can't be a child of God and not embrace holiness. And the reason is because God is holy. We see in the Old Testament, we see where the angelic creatures, the angelic beings, the seraphim and the cherubim and these these angels, these angelic beings, what are they crying before the Lord? Holy, holy, holy. Why? Because he is a God of holiness. He's a God of righteousness. You know, there are different things that characterize God. Um, whether it be fire, or whatever, but but the primary thing when I think about when I think about the Lord is the holiness of God, how pure He is, how there's no wavering in Him, there's no shadow of turning in Him, there's no ambiguity in Him, there's no deceit in Him, there's no waffling in Him. He is altogether righteous. He's altogether beautiful. He's altogether holy. He's altogether powerful. He's transcendent. He's omniscient. He's omnipotent. He's a God of righteousness and holiness. And and so much so that that we could not even handle his the fullness of his nature in these human bodies because he is so pure and he is so righteous. At the same time, he invites us to know him. Um, it, it's really kind of um, mind blowing, to be honest with you. I I look. I, I, I've been reading um, the Bible again this year in chronological order, and I do that every so often, like every other year. And I read the Bible through at least every year, and then of course, like many of you, I read a lot more than that because I'm always reading and studying different um, narratives and different passages of Scripture. But but I'm reading, and I'm just just you know getting through. Moses and, and the history of, of 
the children of Egypt, or I'm sorry, the children of Israel coming out of Egypt and the whole Exodus story and the Passover and all that stuff. But it's amazing how that Moses is a friend of God and the Lord allows him to come as close to God as I believe we see really anybody coming to him, especially in the Old Testament. And there's that that passage of scripture where the Lord passes by Moses and Moses gets into the cleft of the rock and he sees the the backside of the Lord, but he cannot see his his full face. So it's 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 a picture and a depiction of me of the God that we're talking about. He is so holy, he is so righteous, he is so pure. And again, the amazing thing is that he invites us to walk with him. He invites us to know him. And, you know, as much as I, I preach on the holiness of God and that we are called to a lifestyle of purity and righteousness and holiness, I also like to talk about the love of the Father towards his children, that in in his essence, in his makeup, in his nature, is not only this holy, righteous dynamic that can even lead to righteous judgment, but he also has love for his children. He has love for his people. He He's a God of compassion. He's a God of mercy. He's a God of long-suffering. He's a God whose heart can be impacted by our contrition, by our repentance, by our prayer, um, by our humility and our meekness. I mean, what an amazing, holy God that we serve. And, you know, it's, it's challenging, to be honest with you, to even... Um, come up with the right words to to really describe how holy he is and I don't believe we can um, especially with our finite minds we can experience his nature um, Paul said we are seated with Christ in heavenly places in the book of Ephesians even here on this earth at the same time there are things that we cannot know about him because of who he is and because of his holiness and the apostle Paul made that clear when he said his ways are past finding out However, let me again re-emphasize, at the same time, we can know Him, and um, we can have a relationship with Him. And let me tell you something, you cannot know the Lord and not know holiness. It, it is impossible. Now, let me just qualify something. I'm going to read some scripture and get to some points here today, and we'll, we'll probably come back next week in part two and finish this, but let me just um, start off by saying this. Oftentimes when I say the word holiness, again, people kind of automatically think of maybe a group of people from the 50s or 60s or 70s or 80s or even today that, that maybe ascribe to a certain way of living. In other words, um, you know, maybe the women don't cut their hair, they don't wear makeup, they don't wear pants, those type of things. And, and you know, and therefore that is what is equated with holiness. And let me just say this, um, I still believe in modesty. I, I still believe that, um, that there should be a clear difference between men and women, despite what modern woke culture says. There has to be a differentiation between men and women. There are only two sexes, male and female. And sometimes, especially in this culture, it gets really blurred. Um, however, I also understand that there is a legalistic mindset that that equates holiness with just the way someone looks or what they wear. And I will say that you can look a certain way and have 
hidden sin in your life. You can present yourself in such a way that maybe people look at you and they say, man, you're just like as pure as driven snow. When the reality is that your heart can be full of lust and perversion and and again, secret sin and who knows what else. But I I do want to say that that holiness does not just mean that you dress a certain way. Holiness is not just something that um, relates to your external appearance. But really, holiness is something that comes from the inside. And I do believe it does affect the way that we live and even the way that we present ourselves and the way that we carry ourselves and even maybe the way that, that we dress. In other words, I'm not trying to sound legalistic here, but but I think the pendulum has shifted so far to the other side and so much of the church that there's no difference between the world and the church and we kind of get thrown into the same lump whenever I do believe there should be a difference. Now, I'm not saying that what you look like um, makes you holy, but I am saying because you're holy, because the Lord lives inside of you, you should live in such a way. Um, you should embrace modesty. You should embrace meekness. You should embrace humility. You should embrace, um, you know, uh, your conversation should be pure. It should be edifying. It should be righteous. The music that you listen to should not be um, ungodly or anti-God or anti-marriage or celebrating um, reverie and debauchery and all that kind of stuff. And and so much music does. Um, So in other words, because we have purity in our hearts. Why? Because Christ lives in us. Um, like Paul said, that he was crucified with Christ and he didn't no longer live, but but the Lord lived his life through him. Friend, that's that's holiness. It's it's based on intimacy. It's based on walking with the Lord, but you cannot walk with the Lord and not have a lifestyle of purity and righteousness. Why? Because his nature begins to come alive inside of you. You, as Paul said, you become a new creature, a new creation in Christ. He said, old things are passed away. Behold, all things become new. Friend, that's holiness. That's that's what it means to walk in purity. You know, when I was born again on January the 24th of 1985, um, Nobody really had to tell me that I couldn't smoke dope anymore, that I needed to quit partying, that I needed to quit getting drunk, that I needed to quit um, any sexual activity, that I needed to quit looking at pornography, that I needed to stop using um, foul language. I mean, nobody had to tell me that. I, I pretty much knew when I was born again that night, something happened to me. I became a new person. The Spirit of Christ came alive in me. I gained consciousness or awareness of the kingdom of heaven. Jesus became very real, very front and center in my life. He began to possess my being. And even though I wasn't perfect overnight and I needed discipleship like all of us do, my lifestyle changed. My my habits changed. I, I quit using tobacco. I, I, I quit um, partying. I quit listening to, 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 to music that celebrated um, perversion and Satan and everything else that I was listening to, hard rock and all the garbage that I was listening to. I mean, my life was so radically changed that holiness became the air that I was breathing. Of course, again, I was a disciple and I was being mentored by certain uh, more mature Christians, but they didn't have to tell me and force me to live a certain way and and I, I I'm concerned that um, and I'm challenged with a gospel that we hear preached today to where people can stay the way that they are and never have any change of lifestyle but will confer salvation upon them 
and nothing, nothing again, nothing changes in their life. Friend, that is not salvation, and that is not holiness. Listen again. Uh, let me quote Paul again. Um, when you become born again, you become a new creature, a new creation in Christ. All things are passed away. Behold, all things become new. What does that mean? Friend, your past life has to dissipate it. It has to die. You can't hang out with the same people you hung out with. You can't do the same things you did. And your life changed. Why? Because holiness is on the inside of you. And it, 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 it changes your external behavior. Everything in your life becomes new. So let me, let me read some scripture to you. We're going to run out of time here soon, and we'll come back next week with this subject because I believe it's important, especially in the hour that we live in. But Romans 14, 17, the, Paul, or the Apostle Paul says, For the kingdom of God is not a matter of eating and drinking, but of righteousness and peace and joy in the Holy Spirit. So Paul said the kingdom of God is, is about righteousness. It's about holiness. It's about joy and peace. And and I'll tell you that you cannot have peace and joy without holiness. You can have religion. You can have a false sense of security. You can have a compromised lifestyle, but you can't have true holy joy in your spirit without a life of righteousness. So Paul said the kingdom of God is it's a matter of righteousness. It's a matter of holiness. Listen to John 15 verses 10 and 11. This says the fantastic, amazing narrative that talks about abiding in Christ. Listen to what the Lord says here. Of course, John wrote this, but he said, If you keep my commandments, and that's a big if, if you keep my commandments, you will abide in my love, just as I've kept my Father's commandments and abide in his love. I have told you this so that my joy may be in you and that your joy may be complete. Now, what's he saying? If you live a life of righteousness, if you keep my commandments, if you live in obedience, if you live in purity, then you will abide in my love just as I have kept my Father's commandments. So I want to say this. Um, holiness comes from the inside. It works its way out on the outside. However, we have to choose to embrace a lifestyle of righteousness if you keep my commandments. What does that mean, friend? That means if you're married, you got one wife, you got one husband, you can't sleep around. That means if you're not married, you can't sleep around. That means if you're one with Christ, you can't watch things that that um, are ungodly and that de degrade the gospel or that are antichrist in spirit. You can't um, you can't allow yourself to be. Um, conform to the spirit of this age. You have to keep the commandments of Christ. And we're going to talk about some of those. We'll get to more of those next week. But, but listen, friend, there is a requirement to be a disciple of Jesus Christ. And holiness is that requirement. Without holiness, the Bible says, no one will see the Lord. So listen, God called and invited us into a lifestyle of fullness, completeness, completeness, excitement, joy, etc., etc. I I fully acknowledge that. I don't live in drudgery. I don't live regretting that I'm not doing what everybody else is doing. I live with joy unspeakable and full of glory. I live with peace in my heart. I live with satisfaction in my spirit. I live experiencing the highs of Jesus day in and day out, even in the midst of battle. Even as we walk through this last month with our grandson, we've experienced the love of the Lord and the joy of the Lord, which has been our strength even through this deep valley. You understand? I don't live... 
um, with regrets. I don't live um, wondering, man, I wonder if I wouldn't have started serving Jesus, how much I could have accomplished. No, friend, that's those things are far, far from me. Why? Because this is real to me. This is not just some counterfeit Christianity or something like a pair of shoes that I put on to see if I like. No, when Jesus took control of my life, friend, everything changed. My passions, my, 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 my desire, everything in my life changed. I became new in him, and he became very, very real to me. So listen, the idea or the mindset that a life of holiness is associated with drudgery or even a sour disposition is completely unbiblical. In reality, only those who walk in holiness experience true joy and freedom in the midst of a fallen world. You understand? A lot of people, when they think of holiness, they think of, well, just a a mean-spirited. And listen, a lot of times those people are just full of religion, dead religion. They've got a religious spirit. But friend, people that really embrace holiness should be the most joyful, happy people on the earth. I mean, they should be brokenhearted at the condition of a fallen world. At the same time, they're full of joy. They're full of peace. They're full of hope. Why? Because we're born again of the Spirit of God, and the, the Spirit of Christ lives in us. Listen, um, John 15, 10 through 11, if you keep my commandments, I want to read it again, you will abide in love, in my love, just as I've kept my Father's commandments and abide in His love. I've told you this. Why? So that your joy may be in, so that my joy, excuse me, may be in you and that your joy may be complete. You see, in this passage here, Jesus connects obedience and joy really in a cause and effect way. That is, joy flows from a life of obedience, my friend. In other words, only those who walk in obedience and are pursuing holiness as a way of life will experience the joy that only, that only can come from God. Why is it that when we look at a fallen world and we look at maybe family members that we have or friends that we have, I still have friends from from school days that I look at their lives and it's tragic. They're still trying to find peace and fulfillment maybe in drugs or in alcohol or maybe a third or fourth or fifth marriage or or maybe an affair that they're having or maybe in a career and a promotion and they're still trying to find fulfillment and they just keep searching and searching and searching friend there's only true joy in a lifestyle of holiness why because holiness is the nature of jesus and only living in him living for him walking with him brings about the joy of the lord in our lives that's why again so many people in the world they just they, it's almost like they, they, they try so many things, and at the end of their lives, we see tragic stories of people that, whether it be they OD or they, they, they die of heartache or whatever, but there's no peace. Friend, that is not what God's called us to do. That is not who God's called us to be. So I, I want to just, again, as I'm coming to a close here, I just want to reemphasize that the joy of life comes through embracing obedience to the Lord through embracing holiness, his nature, his spirit. And um, I again, I, I have never, ever once regretted, never regretted living a life that honors the Lord. I've not been perfect. I've had to learn. I've stumbled a few times like we all have. We all walk with a limp. At the same time, God's been faithful to me. And he's made himself real to me in every situation. Hey, I'm going to come back next week and deal with some more practical things that that talk about or that, that are connected to holiness. But again, let me invite you to visit our websites, keithcollins.net, impactgf.org. If we are in your area, 
Man, it'd be great to see you. I'll be in the state of West Virginia this coming weekend. The next weekend, I'll be preaching in the state of Maryland. All those dates and directions or, or locations are on our websites. And it would be a true, true blessing to have you join us in any of those locations. But hey, listen, God bless you. I pray that the Lord's face would just shine upon you. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious unto you. The Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace. As number 6, 24 through 26 says, we love you and I look forward to being back with you next week on Maintain the Flame. This is Keith Collins. You have a blessed, blessed day, my friend. Thank you so much. Thank you so much for listening to Maintain the Flame with Keith Collins today. I trust that you've been blessed and encouraged as you've listened. And if you hunger for a greater passion for the Lord that will not dim or subside, then let me encourage you to listen weekly to episodes that will encourage you in your walk with God. To learn more about our ministry, you can visit us at keith-collins.org or impactgf.org. May the fire of God burn brighter and hotter in your life. God bless you.